Okay. All right. Uh, anyway, I'm going to start in uh, in the uh, in the book of John, John's Gospel, and I'm going to go all the way to chapter 10, and we're going to talk about uh, like the 23rd uh, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is what is my shepherd. Okay, so watch this because. Uh, we're eventually going to get to Ezekiel here, and it's just like, that's amazing. Well, it's ours, because this will set the ground for it. John chapter 10, anyone refusing to walk through the gate into, into a sheepfold who sneaks over the wall must surely be a thief. Well, you know, the 10th verse says, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life. But I just want to point out here that in this thing here, he calls himself the shepherd. Okay, uh, he says, for a shepherd comes through the gate. Okay, we see that. Oh, let's see. Oh, notice this. He said, I am the, he also says, I am the gate of the sheep. Wow, okay. Oh, going down here a little further here. There it is. Look at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. Wow. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So we remember this story. Should have heard some things like this in, in church somewhat. And we also know the Lord is my shepherd, the 23rd Psalm. Uh, but remember, David wasn't just, didn't have nothing to do one day. <laughs> the 23rd Psalm is so strong. It's like Psalm 91. You are not going to get in trouble. Matter of fact, David says in the 23rd Psalm, he prepares a table for me. It's the reason sometimes we just go to sleep in our thinking. We don't even see what it says. He prepares a table for me in the presence of what? Your enemies. Uh, excuse me. Let me eat just a moment before I wipe you out. You know. What kind of story is that? And then, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, don't Americanize this and say, well, that just means if you get blown away, no problem, you'll be with God. No, you're going to survive. You'll, though he walks through the fi fire, you'll not be burned. You know, wow, okay. But anyway, I am the good shepherd. So we see Jesus saying that. Now, let's play this out a little bit more. Uh, notice what Jesus says here in uh, another place. I'm going to Matthew chapter 9 here. Okay. Computer's got to catch up just a second. A little bit of a delay there. Hold on. Here we go. All right, Matthew, let's zip over here to uh, the ninth chapter. We've got some delays here. Okay, here we go. Now we're clicking. It's caught up. All right, Matthew chapter 9. And... Make sure it's not going to jump to 10 or nothing. Okay. Now let's go down here to, uh, toward the end of this chapter. This is, notice this. It's right in the center of the page. I'll pick up at 35. Matthew 9, 35. Jesus traveled around through all the cities and villages of that area, teaching in the Jewish synagogues, church basically, and announcing the good news about the kingdom. It's interesting, kingdom, because the, the layout of the scriptures is creation, and then Abraham and his family, whatever, goes down, they wind up in Egypt, and they get out of Egypt, and they all of a sudden they do get to the promised land, and finally speeding ahead a little bit, all of a sudden, boy, then they have got kings. Israel's got kings, about 22 of them, Okay. They're listed on the chart back there in the back. But anyway, you can look, see them listed yourself in First and Second Samuel, First and Second Chronicles, and First and Second Kings. Whatever, First and Second Kings first, but it's the same ones. Okay, your history right there. Then it's then it drops off the map. What happened? They got wiped out by Nebuchadnezzar. But the ne very next books are Ezra, Nehemiah, which they come marching back again. They build the temple. They build uh, the wall around the city. And but yet there's really no king, and it seems like it's a quiet period. No, it's not. Here's the kingdom. 
Okay, and all those other little books, Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, Hezekiah, not Hezekiah, but, uh, Jeremiah, uh, Ezekiel, those books, those were prophets that were speaking during that time frame when they lost their kingdom, or actually toward the end of the loss of their kingdom. Now, some of them were right in the middle of it, but oh, those kings were up and down. So anyway, he was telling them about the kingdom because all those prophets were mentioning, when are we going to get the kingdom back again? Type thing. Well, here it is. And wherever he went, he healed the people of every sort of illness. Now let that sink in because when your back's hurting or your finger's hurting or you get a paper cut, which can annoy you tremendously, you know, or if you're sweating and working and you get salted. You ever had one right in here, you know? Just, ugh, you feel like a dog. A dog sitting there chewing on his pads, you know, it's hurting. Every sort. But see, we don't think of him as our shepherd if we're thinking that way. But he is your shepherd. So anyway... He felt, look at this, he said, and what pity he felt for the crowds. No, get that, catch it. This is what you see when you read the scriptures. (gasps) Crowds, well, surely if I was in that crowd. Yeah, it belongs to you. We single ourselves out, and that's what's called unbelief. And we'll say, well, he'll do it for everybody else, but not for me. Said crowds. Get in there. You're in this group. Watch what he says here. Because their problems were so great. Notice he didn't say, well, I'm selective about it. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. They didn't know what to do or where to go for help. Man, I, it just ticks me off to see Christians today don't go to the Lord for help. Well, I go to church. I didn't say you don't go to church. It's asking for help. Well, I'm the president. I can't believe our Congress, my government, my job. I, they don't ever uh, go to the Lord. You'll cut through the chase. It's the most wonderful thing. You'll and you'll at night. The only person you'll be able to blame is the Lord. You go praise. God, the only way I got my job was you, Lord. Hallelujah. The only way I got my car fixed was you. The only way, I mean, it's fantastic. You don't wind up blaming everybody around you because remember, the thief is the one who's just going around destroying, not Jesus. Here's what he says. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Sounds like the Lord wants to be a shepherd. That's right. This just builds your faith. Okay, well, he's my shepherd. Okay, cool. And he says the harvest is great, the labors are few, la da da da. Remember, we've seen that before. Now, let me show you another spot. This is going to be three places we'll see that the Lord's referring to himself as a shepherd for us. Let's go to 26. And somebody say, well, Richard, how do you know all these things? The book of Matthew's history is basically he was born and then all the way to the crucifixion and then he died and then he's resurrected. It's just, you can go with the numbers. There's only, it was 26 chapters, so. Toward the end would be the crucifixion. Toward the beginning would be... You can find your way around when you read these things. Now, let's get over here to 26. Now, this is right before he's fixing to die, okay? He's fixing to the high priest. They're trying to kill him. Notice this. They wanted capturing Jesus quietly and killing him. That's what they wanted to do. Wow. Anyway, so let's see what happens here. He eats dinner with his disciples that night. That's right, the Lord's Supper. So let's get down here. Notice what he says here. Remember, they, the Lord says, one of you guys is going to betray me. Can you imagine that a room, 12 of you in there? Jesus plus 12. One of you is going to betray me. Of course, remember, Jesus calls him out. He says, it's he that dips his, you know, and everybody was going, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? When, when Judas says, is it I? The Lord says, it's as you say. They still couldn't believe it. But now watch this. So that's what's happening. Then watch what the Lord says right here. There it is. Tonight, you will all desert me. For it is written in the scriptures, God will smite, here it is, the shepherd. 
and the flock, the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Okay. But then notice he says, but after, hey, after I'm brought to life again, this is going right over their head. I'm brought to life again. Uh, of course, we know. We're looking back. But I want you to see that. I will smite the shepherd. Wow. Jesus, we see, he's, he's identified himself as the shepherd. Now, let's go back and uh, let's pick up in good old uh, book that hardly ever gets read. May not ever get read. Watch this. Ezekiel was a priest. This is Ezekiel chapter 1. Whoops, we got this stuff trying to crank up. If I can get where I can get around it. Hang on a second. I can't see that. Uh, let me fix this a second. Come back to it. Anyway, Ezekiel was a priest. La, da, da, da. We got that. Let's see if I can get rid of that. Can't get over it. I get the screen is not. Oh, yeah, I could. Yeah, that's a good idea. Ah, good move. Well, that's right. All right, here we go. Let's go this again. Now we got it. Glad you mentioned that. That's good. I can do, I can do that next time like that. Okay, so Ezekiel chapter 1, he says, Ezekiel was a priest. Okay. Now, the interesting enough, when this thing comes back up, oh, they are, he's going to say in, the, in that verse, he's going to say, Ezekiel was a priest, and it was during the exile. Exile, what? Remember, Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian ruler of the world at that time, wiped out Jerusalem, wiped out Israel. And they needed wiping out. They, they turned their backs on God. They were worshiping the sun. They were worshiping everything. They were taking their kids and throwing them to the fire as a human sacrifice and stuff. Totally polluting the promised land. Okay. So anyway, when you read it, you'll catch it. That's the reason there's so much information there. When you read it, you'll go, oh, boy, I know now. A lot of times people jump in Ezekiel and they go, well, yeah, it's me. No, it's not you. No, we're close to you. Okay. All right. So anyway, Ezekiel was a priest, uh, the son of this guy, Buzai, who lived in the Jewish, who lived with the Jewish exiles beside the Kibar Canal in Babylon. One day late in June, I was 30 years old. Okay. Now he's going to start to see some visions here and he's going to tell, he's going to, that's what Ezekiel is. He's writing them down. Okay. So we know he's a priest. We know he's in exile. This is right after the, the end of 2 Kings or the end of 2 Chronicles because, boom, it was over with. They were all hauled off as slaves. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that bunch. That's the reason Daniel is in exile too. But remember what happened to Daniel. He was the president of the whole province second to Darius. Amazing. How do you get to the top like that? Remember the little book called Esther? It's right after... Second Kings, Second First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, First Kings, Second Chronicles. Right at the end of the Kings, boom, exile. Nehemiah, Ezra, Esther, and it's when the Jews were in. Uh, and we're actually going to get it next time. I don't ever hardly tell it what I'm going to do next time, but it'll be Esther next week. We'll, we'll fly through it so fast. Shock you, Mordecai, basically a nobody. Shoot, second to King Ahasuerus over the entire empire. How is this happening? It's just the Lord. Matter of fact, when Mordecai, this guy was trying to kill him, Haman, Haman's wife said, uh, uh, let me tell you, husband, if Mordecai is a Jew, you ain't going to be able to kill him because God's going to get him out of trouble every time. Now, what would you do if you read that? Well, yeah, but Richard, I'm not a Jew. <gasps> Wait a minute. I read over in the New Testament that Paul said any Christian is really a Jew. We're, we're engrafted in. Remember the story? We're grafted in. 
We got the same promise. Hallelujah. Not much I can worry about today when I read the scriptures. Okay, so Ezekiel, he's in this, this time frame. Okay, so I want to jump to, we're talking about this shepherd stuff. So let's go over and see what happens. I'm going to go all the way to, I'm going to read 22 first. Because sometimes all of these prophecy things in here, they're all related together. Notice it's in 19, sing this death dirge for the leaders of Israel. I mean, God was warning them, saying, cut this stuff out, come back to me. But they wouldn't. They had nothing to do with the Lord. Okay, now, but let, let me go, let me show this in uh, chapter 22. Look at this. Now, another message came from the Lord. He said, son of dust, that's what he called Ezekiel. I mean, we were made from the ground, whatever. Indict Jerusalem. Now, Lord, what are you going to indict them over? Well, read it. City of murder. Well, Lord, <laughs> you would not believe the stuff they were doing in there. It was horrible. And all the details are right there. You can read it yourself. Publicly denounce her terrible deeds. City of murder, doomed and damned. City of idols, filthy and foul. You are guilty both of murder and idolatry. Now comes your day of doom. So I just want to let you know this. That's, this, is, this was pre-Nebuchadnezzar in the last. Zedekiah is trying to hold out. And Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar is fixing to wipe them out. Okay. All right. Now, in the middle of this, all these are same, similar, more details. He says it's useless to go to Egypt. They're going to be in trouble. Egypt's going to be in trouble too. All right. All of a sudden, look at then chapter 34. Then the message came from the Lord. Son of dust, prophesy against the shepherds. This was supposed to be the preachers, but you can read for yourself in 2 Kings, 1 Kings, all the historical times around the, the ones around the kings. They were lying. They, were, they would, oh, we serve the Lord. And then they'd have idols in there too. And this was the high priest. They had temple prostitution. Oh, yeah, that's real Jesus-like. Yeah. And it's not just women, it's men. I'm like, what? Oh, terrible stuff. Prophesy against the shepherds. The leaders of Israel say to them, the Lord says to you, woe to you shepherds. Remember, don't worry about that. It's not you. This is that bunch that was doing that back then. Uh, who, who? Um, let me fix this. I, I can't get that screen to come over here just a little bit. Uh, let me fix this. There we go. That'll work. Okay. Woe to you, uh, shepherds, who feed themselves instead of their flocks. I mean, God won't. Now, look, man, we're looking at the good stuff. God wants you fed, of course. Okay. Who feed themselves instead of the flocks. Shouldn't shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the best food and wear the finest clothes, but you let your flock starve. Now, wait a minute. We're not that, so what does that mean? You should be wearing the finest clothes, too. You should. I've never seen an angel show up and everybody goes, God, you look, ooh, man, get you some decent clothes. His clothes are shining bright. It's awesome. Trust me, your testimony about Jesus, it all comes from the way you look and stuff. I mean, it really does. And God's going, he's going to make sure you're taken care of. Just don't block it by thinking, ah, oh, this can't ever have any good clothes or good stuff. And no, don't block it. Look what happens here. Let me keep going. You eat the best of the food, you wear the finest clothes, but you let your flock starve. You haven't taken care of the weak. Look at this. Nor tended the sick, nor bound up the broken bones. You mean Jesus would do that? Yes, he will do that. He is the shepherd. I tell you, the littlest pain in your body you have right now, Jesus is on it. Now think about your dog. You say my dog. Okay. We always, oh, he's limping. He take care of your dog. We think God, God doesn't know my hip is hurting today. Yes, he does, and he wants to help you. 
My evasion's a little bit funny, but it's okay. It's my cross to bear. Oh, just slap yourself if you say that. You do not bear any of those crosses. Jesus took them all. Yeah, you're going to go to heaven if you can't see out of one eye. Lord, I can go because I've been blind all my life. It's not going to get you to heaven. You got Adam's sin all over you. Doesn't matter. We're all tainted with that. It takes the blood of Jesus to get that off, and he did. You haven't taken care of the weak. You've, uh, anyway, uh, nor gone looking for those who wandered away and are lost. Remember, Jesus leaves the 99, goes after, look at that. Instead, you've ruled over them with force and cruelty, so they're scattered without a shepherd. They have become a prey. Look at this. To every animal that comes along. Boy, now it's going to get stronger here in a minute, but God didn't want you bit by snakes, anything. Animals, spiders, doesn't matter. Watch this. My, my sheep wander through the mountains and hills over the face of the earth. There's no one there to search for them or care about them. Hmm. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, the Lord says, you abandoned my flock, leaving them to be attacked and destroyed. Yeah, but Lord, sometimes it's God's will. It's not God's will. The more you read the Bible, the more you'll never believe that stuff anymore. You go, praise God, I'm getting out. I'm not, there, I, there's nothing I'm supposed to be going through. That's the Lord's will like that. And, you, and you're no real shepherds at all, for you didn't search for them. Wow. You fed yourselves. You let them starve. Therefore, I'm against the shepherds. I'm going to hold them responsible for what happened to my flock. I'll take away the right to, their right to feed the flock and take away their right to eat. I'll save my flock. Woohoo! Okay. Anyway, the Lord says, I'll search and find my sheep. I'll be like a shepherd looking for his flock. No kidding. Uh, I will find my sheep. Look at that. And rescue them from all the places they were scattered in that dark and cloudy day. I will bring them back among the people and the nations where they were, back to their own land of Israel. I'll feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers where the land is fertile and good. Well, I thought God wants me to be in the desert. Well, forget, forget the phrase called promised land because, I mean, that, you can't be believing that stuff. Anyway, yes, I'll give them good pasture on high hills of Israel. That's the reason David said he'll cause me to lie down in uh, green pastures. Okay. Oh, let's see. They will lie down in peace and feed in, in luscious mountain pastures. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. Cause them to lie down in peace. Wow. The Lord says, I will seek my lost ones who strayed away and bring them safely again. I'll put splints, bandages on their broken limbs. Look at that. And heal the sick. I'd be standing up going, Lord, I need a little help with this. His knee's been popping me. And you're my shepherd. Praise the Lord. Man. So how do you feel about doctors? What, what do you worry about doctors? Doctors, are, they're there to help too. They're not a fix-all. Have you noticed? Well, we'll give you, we'll take that leg off, give you, uh, well, you get that option. Some of them can get whatever you need. We'll do it. Whatever they can do, we'll do. Jesus even said the sick don't need a doctor. The well, I mean, excuse me, the, the well don't need a doctor. The sick need a doctor. Praise the Lord. But you do realize some things they do, you still come to an end. Anyway, <clears throat> because they don't have all the answers. Looks like this shepherd here has them. Anyway, and as for you, old flock, my people, the Lord says, I'll judge and separate you, separate good from bad, sheep from goats. Where have we heard that before? Jesus and Matthew tells that story. Is it a small thing to you, old evil shepherds, that you only keep the best of the pastures for yourself, but trample down the rest? You take the best water for yourselves and muddy the rest with your feet. Man, I've heard so many stupid stories, Christians saying, you know, well, at least, it's, at least I got some water. It's a little muddy, whatever. And I take the second, you know, almost, at least it's something to drink. He's telling you, you should have crystal clear water and stuff. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, uh, all that's left of my flock is what you've trampled on. All they have to drink, what does he say, is water that you fouled. 
Therefore, the Lord God says, I'll surely judge between these fat shepherds and their scrawny sheep. For these shepherds push and butt and crowd my sick and hungry flock until they're scattered far away. I myself will save my flock. Notice, save them from what? Hunger and from sickness. Wow. No more will they be picked on and destroyed. I will notice which is plump and which is thin and why. Here it is. Now, this is Ezekiel. This is why people over the years, we're, 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 the prophecies about Jesus, here it is right here. I will set one shepherd over all my people, my servant David, it's actually the Messiah here, what they're referring to, and he shall feed them and be a shepherd to them. Wow. But guess what? That, that just tied Jesus to everything we just read. Well, yes, exactly. And we saw Jesus doing. He fed the 5,000. He healed all their sick. He'll feed them and he'll be a shepherd to them. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among all my people. I, the Lord, have spoken it. I'll make a peace pact with them, drive away. Look at that. The dangerous animals from the lands. So that my people can. Look at this. You going camping? I mean, I remember camping out with a kid. And I was, <laughs> even though a tent wouldn't matter much, but it, <laughs> I always liked being in the tent. Zipped it up. <laughs> I mean, come on, a bear could just, and you're in there, you know. Of course, I didn't want to camp where the bears were, but look at this. So that my people can camp safely in the wildest places and sleep in safety in the woods. Do you know Psalm 4, the very last verse says, I will lie down in peace, for only you will keep me safe. Praise the Lord. Mm. Well, if he'll take care of you camping, he'll take care of you in your car, he'll take care of you everywhere. Praise the Lord. All right. I will make my people and their homes around my hill a blessing. Look at this. See if you recognize something here. And there shall be showers, showers of blessing. But we've heard that. We had a song about it. For I will not shut off the rains, but send them in their seasons. Their fruit and trees, their fruit trees and fields will yield bumper crops, and everyone will live in safety. I mean, boy, there's so much safety, safety, safety here. But not only that, yeah, but we're safe, but we're starving. You're not going to starve. It's almost like, well, Lord, uh, I know there's a catch to this. There is no catch except for He caught us. Praise the Lord. And I have broken off their chains of slavery and delivered them from. Uh, remember, all this is tied to He's our shepherd. From those who profiteered at their expense, and they're going to know I'm the Lord. No more will other nations conquer them. Or, look at that, or wild animals attack. Praise the Lord. They'll live in safety, and no one shall make them afraid. I'll, look at here it is again. These are great prophetical scriptures about Jesus. And I'll raise up a notable vine, the Messiah, in Israel. So all my people will never again go hungry, nor be ashamed by heathen conquest. In this way, they'll know that I... The Lord their God and with them and that they, the people of Israel, are my people, says the Lord. You are my flock, the sheep of my pasture. We've heard this. Okay. You are my men and I am your God, says the Lord. Men, including women too as well. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Now, real quick, I'm going to hit the high points here. 36. He says, your enemies have sneered against you. 36 verse 2. Uh, uh, they claimed your ancient highs. In other words, they tried to take over the land. But they were only going to be gone 70 years. Let me speed up here, but I want you because I want you to see some things right here. Oh, uh, uh, he says, prophesy and say to the hills and mountains and dales and valleys, I am uh, full of fury because you suffered shame by the surrounding nations, and I've sworn that with a hand held high that those nations are going to uh, have to turn from being, uh, they're, they're, no, they're going to have their turn being covered with shame. But Israel, good times will return. Now watch this. There's going to be, look at this. This is the reason your wallet should reflect what the Bible says, okay? If it's not, just say, Lord, what's the deal here? 
help me out. He will. He will help you. There's no extra verses that say, yeah, you should be broke. I mean, we have already know about Job. You can't be like Job without being like Job. Job did lose it all, but in the very end, either six months or a year and a half later, it was ten times as much, and then all of a sudden it didn't go, well, got to have Job part two. There is no Job part two. It was over with. It was all restored. All came back. Anyway, so here's what he says. Heavy crops to prepare for my people's return. And they'll be coming home soon. Yeah, 70 years. Nehemiah, Ezra, they came back. Daniel knew it. Daniel came back. See, I am for you. I will come and help you as you prepare the ground to sow your crops. Look what he says here. I will greatly increase your population throughout all Israel. The ruined cities will be rebuilt, filled with people. Not only the people, but your flocks and herds are going to... I mean, man, you're raising cats and dogs. You should have plenty of them. Mountain of Israel, again, you'll be filled with homes. You're looking for a home. Hello, Jesus will get you a house. I will even do, look at this, I will eat, do even more for you than I did before. You will know that I am the Lord. Wow. My people will walk upon you once again, and you will belong to them again, and you will no longer be a place for, look at that, there's where their problem was, burning their kids in the fire. Wow. Well, God took care of this, you know. Well, the people did. They realized, hey, we can't be doing that. That was so stupid. They lost their country. They lost their lives. The Lord God says, the other nations taunt you, saying, Israel is a land that devours your people. But they will not say that anymore. Look at this. Your birth rate will rise. Now, remember, this was fulfilled 70 years after Nebuchadnezzar. So for us today to say, well, that's not for us. This is heaven. <laughs> How many kids are being born in heaven? The kids are being born down here, Okay. No longer will those heathen nations sneer, and no longer will you be called a nation of sinners. Now watch closely what happens here. The further the word of the Lord came to me, he says, Son of dust, when the people of Israel were living in their own country, they defiled it by their evil deeds. Their worship was as foul as filthy rags. They polluted the land. There it is. Man, they, it's out of control. Worshiping idols. It's like what we hear in downtown Chicago, you know, gangs and stuff, murdering and stuff like that. It was horrible. Okay. And I exiled them to many lands. That's how I punish them for the evil way they live. But when they were scattered out among the nations, then they had a blight. Then there was a blight upon my holy name because the nation says, the people of God, and he couldn't protect them from harm. Now watch the Lord say, I'm going to fix that because I don't want anybody saying that. In other words, God can't protect us from harm. We always say as American Christians, well, he's got the power. It's not that he's got the power. He needs to demonstrate it and protect you. That's the Jesus that we're supposed to have operating in our lives. Peter didn't drown. He walked on the water to Jesus. Remember that? He started to, but Jesus saved him. It's not a matter of, well, I just... I, I. We are so persistent on trying to figure out a way to fail. And that's because we're failing a lot of times. We're trying to find a good excuse, a good Christian excuse for why. And don't accept one. Keep crying out to the Lord. He said, I'm concerned about my reputation that was ruined by my people. Now think about this. The Lord wants to... Uh, let's just read. Therefore... Say to the people of Israel, the Lord God says, I'm bringing you back again. Now look at this phrase right here. But not because you deserve it. Praise the Lord. That's where condemnation tries to come in. Well, I could get healed if I was just a better Christian. He said, I'm bringing you back. And it's not because you deserve it. It's his mercy. When you understand his mercy, you'll walk away with everything you need. Go back and watch Jesus heal everybody and all the individuals and you hear nothing about their personal life. Jesus healed them. 
I'm doing it to protect my holy name, which was tarnished among the nations. Now, watch what he says here. I'm almost done trying to hurry, but I want you to see this. I will honor my great name, Ezekiel 36, that you defiled, and the people of the world shall know I'm the Lord. I will be honored before their eyes by delivering you from exile. He did. He brought them all back. Remember, there was an edict in Nehemiah chapter 1. The king of the whole world said, oh, guess what? All you Jews get to go back. Oh, build your temple too. And hey, while you're there, pray for me and my sons. It wasn't like we had to sneak around. Can we get, please, king, can we leave? No. Nehemiah was the cupbearer. Oh, I'm so scared. Well, he was scared. But when the, he went to the king, the king says, what's wrong with you? I'm worried about Jerusalem. It ain't looking good. And the king says, well, what do you want to be done? See, Nehemiah, was a, he, was a, he was a mayor. Well, he got to go back and be a mayor. And the king said, well, take off. Knock yourself out. And Nehemiah said, well, can I have enough lumber to build me a house? Yeah, get that too. Great stories. Amazing. All within this thing right here. Okay. For I will bring you back home again to the land of Israel. Then, it'll, then it will be as though I had sprinkled you clean uh, water on you, and you will be clean. Your filthiness will be washed away. Your idol worship gone. Now, I want you to see a New Testament words we hear coming up here. I'll give you a new heart. Well, we've heard this, but we didn't know the story. And I'll give you new right desires, put a new spirit within you. I'll take out your stony hearts of sin and give you a new heart. Well, he did this during that time. And I'll put my spirit within you and you'll want to obey my laws and do what is right. You're going to live in the land of Israel. I gave you fathers. You'll be my people. I'll be your God. I'll cleanse your sins. I'll abol- Look at this phrase. Let me highlight it. I will abolish crop failures and famine. Now, that's your wallet and also sickness and disease and all that kind of stuff. Gee. I'll give you huge, huge harvest. Must be another verse coming up where he's a whirlwind. He's going to wipe your house and leave everybody else alone. No, he's not going to do that. It's <laughs> oh, not going to happen. I'll give you huge harvest. Fruit trees, cake. Remember, this is all shepherd stuff. Surrounding, look at this. And they'll, the, the surrounding nations will never be able to scoff at your land for its famines. You'll remember your past sins and loathe yourselves for all the evil you did. But you'll remember this. It's not for your own sakes that I'll do this, but mine. It's not because you and I are so goody-goody. We're trusting the Lord. Oh, my people Israel, be utterly ashamed of all that you've done. The Lord God says, when I cleanse you from your sins, I'll bring you home again and rebuild the ruins. Acreage will be cultivated again. That through years of exile laid empty and barren. All who passed were shocked to the extent of the ruin. But I'll bring you back. This God-forsaken land is now, look at that, now become Eden's garden. Lord, are you serious? Yes, that's him right there. Revelation 3, waiting on you. Then all nations around, all still left, will know that, man, I'm the Lord. He rebuilt the ruins, planted the the lush crops in the wilderness, for I, the Lord, have promised it, and I'm going to do it. Watch him cap off the last two verses here. Look at this. The Lord says, I'm ready to hear Israel's prayers for these blessings and grant their requests. I'm telling you, just like me, you can read this and a few minutes later, an hour or the next day, and you'll go, oh, that was a good chapter, and you'll have forgot what it was. you got to go back and look at it again. Anyway, <clears throat> let them ask, and I'll multiply them like flocks. That's shepherd stuff again. That filled Jerusalem streets at the time of sacrifice. The ruined cities will be crowded. Once more, everyone will know, I'm the Lord. Notice that phrase, everyone will know. You're all, you and I, everyone in this room, we're all supposed to know that he's the Lord. 
Not that he's domineering over our life. We already know he's Lord. But he's trying to pour out his blessings upon us. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. We're not feeling good. We saw you in the scriptures healing the sick. You said you were aggravated that those other shepherds weren't putting bandages on people and trying to help them. So it's your will to help us find, uh, with our uh, any kind of sickness or disease. So we just think you'll take care of that. Same thing's true financially we just read. And the same thing's true concerning whatever problem we might have. Problems were so great, and Jesus, you said they were without a shepherd and didn't know where to go for help. Boy, we do. We're going to you. So, Lord, we're going to leave a record just like Ezekiel did and these others of what great things you did in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.